Greetings, fellow Earthlings, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. In this episode, part five of seven of a conversation with J-Mac from Canada, we get into Canada's healthcare and U.S. military spending. I hope you enjoy. All right, let's get into it. We got a bunch of messages. Let me run through these. Uh, one from God's mind. Uh-oh, I'm going to hell. God's mind. Um, the way I understood it was Canada can have free health care because they don't have any military. Uh, America handles that protection for them. So they have a budget for free health care. That's what I heard. Because Canada doesn't have any military, right? Uh, they're sitting ducks without us. No, they have a military. military. Uh, let, let's, let's, yeah, there's that. In fact, there's an army base in my city. There's an army base in the city north. Uh, we have like a fleet of F-18 jets that we purchased from the U.S. That was in like the 80s or 90s. Um, we have our own fighter pilot. We have our own northern military. It's not as big as there's, there's debate as to whether it should be bigger against encroaching, you know, uh, Russian forces up near Alaska. Um, yes, we have a military. We have a very, I think, efficient military. It could be more efficient, but the U.S. is our big brother in that. But the reason why, yeah, like, okay, so the reason why Canada has can afford healthcare is because we prioritize it. Is one of the things. Second of all, we're one of the largest uh, economies in the world, right? Are we the U.S. size? No, but we are a massive landmass. And uh, in my province alone, we have the fifth largest oil reserve. Huge, massive. They're called the oil sands, right? Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio went and shit on them um, for being, you know, yep. kind of dirty oil. But you can see he did a documentary on part of it. Um, Tar sands, yeah. But we have we have massive uh, we have massive uh, mines, uh, huge huge resources up here. Um, so no, we 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 can support ourselves for our own uh, uh, army, navy, and air force, and our navy. We again, we we have issues just like you. We we should upgrade it. We need more helicopters, and we need a stronger northern force. As so, if you if you look north, uh, well, if yeah, okay. So I'll backtrack. The reason why it's important for us to have a northern. Uh, our army force is also because the northern part of Canada is now accessible all year round due to global warming. So there's, for the first time ever in the last few years, um, without needing icebreakers, there's now a northern trading route. So ships will be able to move along the northern road of Canada much faster. So we need infrastructure and we need, you know, Russia constantly flies out even, believe it or not, up near northern Canada lies bombers and fighters, uh, which we, with our own air force, keep them at bay and, keep, you know, swing them away from our our neck of the woods as well. But it, it needs to be, um, we need to put more money behind it. But one of the reasons why, too, is because, yeah, that's because of this new route. Um, it's going to attract a lot of attention, right? China and Russia want to also move their goods uh, through there. So it needs to be properly, you know, looked at and regulated. Um, and 
I think America would like its island because America, that's why America has the Panama Canal. And that's why they push so much for, don't, don't, don't believe that America is just doing things for Israel and Egypt out of the goodness of their hearts. It's because of the, it's because of the, what's that called? That access point. What's that? It's of evil. Well, it's a reciprocal relationship, right? So Israel are our boys in the Middle East. They keep an eye on everything for us, um, you know, and, and help us keep the quote-unquote Arab nations in check. Um, yeah, sorry. Which is why we it's spend actually, them billions of dollars a year. Yeah, it's also because they're so close to the Suez, right? Like America has yeah. a good relationship with Egypt, good enough. Because they want to keep control of the Suez plus Israel, right? So again, that entire yeah. hotspot is because it's a strategic point and trillions of dollars go through the Suez Canal, as well as Pan- yeah. Panama Canal. Coincidentally, these trade routes are more or less controlled by America. Go figure, right? So anyways, yes, we have. The reason why I'm bringing that up is because there's a new trade route coming up through the northern passage for Canada, and that's going to start ramping up here in the next few years because it just started opening up um, with the warm weather. So you will see America and Canada probably have a coalition to start to create infrastructure up there. So, yes, we have all military forms. We work with you a lot of times. And the reason why we have healthcare is because we prioritize it. Um, but don't yeah, think for a second, easily, too, you know, America... America complains that, um, you know, you know, special Donald Trump that, uh, you know, you, you, we spend all this money on these other nations and they're not appreciated. You spend the money on your military force because you're an empire. It's not, it's not, it's, you're not doing it out of the goodness of your heart. Don't ever think that for one second that you're not, that you're doing that because it's in your best interest and because your entire economy is based on a military industrial complex. I mean, that's, yeah. that's just fact. Right. So you're not do, you're not doing this like we're here to help Canada. We're here to help. No, it's in your self-interest and it's in our self-interest. It's a mutual interest for you to keep um, the biggest military in the world, because it also pays a lot of companies in your own country. So you you could. OK, you could, as me and Dave pointed out in another one. And if you want to look it up, you your military budget, which just went up over $800 billion this last year on Joe Biden, it's gone up like, I think, $60 billion a year under every single president for the last four yeah. years. Or whatever. Yeah. Like, well, it doesn't matter if it's Democratic. Everybody signed off on it or Republican. It has no bearing on it. They just keep signing the bills like, yep, more military. Yep, more military. You have your budget is three times bigger than the next 10 biggest militaries combined. Seven of which those 10 are your allies. So, I mean, as Dave already pointed out, and I've already pointed out in other talks, you could take a fraction of that budget and easily afford health care for everybody. And you'd still yeah, be the largest. Absolutely. Combined. All we need to do is miles ahead of everybody. All so we need to do is be larger than China. Yeah. The reason why you don't have health care is because of. The insurance companies—they why 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 would they? You guys pay more for your healthcare per year, as me and Dave pointed out in another uh, talk. You pay on average, I believe it was eleven thousand dollars per capita per basically per person or whatever it was, 
and yet you get less than we do up here. And yeah. we pay about 5400 5400 per person in our taxes. Ours is in a tax system, and then we have a single-payer system. So our hospitals, though, are still run like businesses. They're still privately, you know, they're owned, um, but they're, they're publicly funded, right? And then, as we pointed out, it, our, our government regulates the price of drug companies. You're not allowed to charge exorbitant prices up here. You can't do that. And then the reason why also, too, our drugs and our pharmaceuticals are cheaper is because when you buy as a country rather than a company, um, we, you know, you buy it in bulk. Like in any other transaction, you have buying power. So you're able to buy down the price of it because you're buying it in bulk, right? So it's just what we believe is a better system than yours, right? We don't have to pay deductibles. We don't have to do any of that stuff. Um, that you guys do. You, we, we cut out the middlemen. You guys pay an extra person to do the same stuff we do. And you're you're one of the only ones to keep doing that. It's a very, very capitalist-based system, and they're holding on for dear life because they, and they keep telling you that no, 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 the American system is the best system. I, I don't know, man. There's just a million other places yeah, showing the, you different We are the only industrialized nation that doesn't have some form of universal health care at this point. Um, And and our prescription drug costs are ridiculous. Um, You know, there's there's well, Michael Moore did a great did a great service on that in one of his documentaries where he went around showing the difference in cost between the exact same drug. Um, And it's it's Bernie Sanders. He yeah. did like a 30-minute documentary where he he went with the Americans up near, I think, Detroit, excuse me, who these poor people, some of them were in tears. They were trying to ration out their diabetic medication, and they would go up to Canada, buy it, and then and Bernie went up on the bus with them. they bus across, buy as much as they could for cheap in Canada, and then come down. And some people who needed, and I'll be honest, even in my province, diabetic medication is sometimes not even... Um, covered as much as it should be again i think canada needs to go farther and pay for more health care but at least the basics are covered for um but yeah even bernie took he did a documentary showcasing like what some americans are going through you guys can easily afford help remember that i think yeah. i remember that yeah. yeah so yeah we could definitely do it it's just a matter of will and, and mostly political will and that's where we get right back to you know money and politics these corporations are you know, paying to elect the people who will, you know, keep voting in these ridiculous um, pro uh, corporation policies um, and, and keep the argument off of the floor. I mean, for God's sake, even in the middle of a pandemic, we're still not getting universal health care. Really? Wow. So, I mean, that says it all. Right. Unbelievable. Hey, let's run. Let's run down some messages here. We've got some from. God's mind. Yeah, um, being um, not just an addict, a user of uh, substances. If a person uh, uses any kind of drug or has a drug on them, but they are not doing anything erratic, illegal, or um, unsafe, then why is it illegal? If I'm poisoning myself, why is it illegal? Now, if I was affecting the community or my job or people around me, 
okay, that's illegal. But other than that, it's like a seatbelt. Why do I got to wear a seatbelt in my car? Why do I got to wear a helmet on my motorcycle? It's my, if I wreck and die, then that's my fault, right? And, and if I hurt myself from using some kind of substance, then that's my fault too, right? Now, if I hurt somebody else, that's different. That's punishable. Good points. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, the reason for the helmet law and for the car insurance are, I guess, are because if you don't have adequate insurance, then the state can end up paying, you know, for you to, to live in a coma forever or whatever. But, you know, there's there's ways we could negotiate around that. Right. Like you could you could sign a thing where I'm going to ride my motorcycle without a helmet. If I get in an accident, don't put me on life support. You know? Um, yeah. So, but once again, it's a way to empower these corporations, insurance corporations in this case, right? Um, they're the ones that are really making out on on everything we're talking about, you know? Um, so cut out the middleman, like J-Max said. See, we got a message from Ryko. So let me get this right. You want the American government, knowing its track record and knowing its tendency for corruption and uh, exploitation and pro putting profit over people to run a their own drug cartel, essentially, um, to take advantage of people's addictions. I, I That's one thing I probably uh, don't see I, we don't see eye to eye with because I don't think it would work in people's best interest. I think people would take advantage of it, um, you know, if it's more accessible and ubiquitous, you're going to have more people on it, trying it out, um, especially the hard-hitting drugs. So I, I, I'm not sure about that one, um, but I appreciate your thoughts on it. Well, yeah, I would so, say I would say you don't want the government running a program, but that it would be like you said, uh, like government paid for. It. So you would have probably nonprofits, right, running the program, and then it would be subsidized by the government. Yeah, you could do something like that. Also, I mean, understand that. I mean, you're saying exactly right, and that leads to the problem of. The entire system needs to change, right? I mean, even up here in Canada, I think that it's a massive overhaul. Um, so yeah, you can't just you can't just suddenly make drugs illegal and uh, or all of them, anyways. But I mean, so when legalization happened up here, one of the things because it was so new to an entire country, right? One one of the one of the main problems was. Um, the government immediately started giving, um, they, they worked with big corporations right away, right? So most of the weed developed here in Canada was, and then going through the, the shops, it was really, you know, you had to go through a lot of loopholes, just like I know it happens in the States. A lot of it happened here too. Loopholes to get licensing, yeah. and most of it was bigger companies, and yeah. the, a lot of people, and then the, then the prices were, they weren't crazy. They were they were they were trying to you know keep with market prices like you know drug market prices, um, but it ended up being still more expensive. But you knew you had clean product, um, and uh, they they had a lot of issues because a lot of people that wanted to be you know small time producers 
they had to go through these massive, massive, um, you know, bunch of bureaucratic bullshit tape and whatnot to, you know, they'd already been growers for years in their basements and now, you know, could legally grow a little bit, but then they couldn't legally grow because they couldn't get the license for it because they weren't big enough or they couldn't apply for the loans or whatever. So there's a lot of issues that had happened initially and it's still just kind of going on today, but you know, the government in and of itself, the idea, it's still kind of for profit, but the idea itself still has been better for the general population. It's taken it out of the dark, you know, it's taken out of the dark. People just consider weed now. I mean, God, people smoke on their front lawn if they want to just crack a joint. But most people don't, you know, most people don't do it out, out in public. You know, you never see people, but you can, right? It's an option. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't, yeah. uh, just doesn't come with the same taboo as it did before. So the government can do it responsibly. Are they the best system? Uh, no. But then again, that leads back to my 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 belief that uh, a government can be run well. And I think that certain governments are run well. But I think they need to be regulated. I think you need to take money out of politics. Like my 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 vision for a good political system is politics should just be boring. You should go in like you're going to the armed forces. You say, I'm going in to do my service and I'm gonna try and make my country better and I'm gonna get the F out, right? There should be no real and there could be there could be certain uh, advantages. Say, you know, hey, um you served six years in politics, and maybe there's term limits too, right? I don't know. I don't know the exact truth or answer, but yeah, I think absolutely. I've got some good Yeah, term limits that you go in, you do your time, you make your country better, and then maybe you're gifted like with a little bit of a bump to your pension, right? Here's a, here's, you get an extra $200 or something, whatever, right? Something that's like, you did a service for your country, we want to, we want to take care of you a little, little bit, um, but not massive corporate gains or you know, and that and that's how you keep the you keep the you keep the the corporations out of politics, and then they're not influencing your politicians because a lot of these politicians right. are just like, hey, yeah, uh, I'll I'll vote on this for you, and then I want a job at your like where where do they all go? They immediately all go to banks. They're all the on revolving door at these corporations, right? It's, it's, or Monsanto, well, and they go back yeah. to the yeah, they they work on their political career. They, get, they do a bunch of handshakes behind. It's not even behind. Like, they're openly admitting this stuff now. Like, it's so amazing how brazen they are. And then where do they end up? You immediately see them on the boards of these companies. You immediately see them with the, these cushy jobs after. Because they've worked, on the they've board of a company that they, Yeah, they'll be on the board of a company yeah. that they just passed legislation to benefit. Exactly. Right. And so we need to, that's one of the fundamental changes that needs to happen. So I agree with you, Rinko, but. That can change. Like some people, I think we've just been so disillusioned with the idea. I mean, there's people even on here like, oh, that'll never change. Why? Because you say it won't. Why can't we change it? I mean, it would take, it's going to probably take, maybe it even is going to take some sort of revolution. I would prefer not to see violence, of course, but maybe that is the case. But I don't believe that it's all just, you know, downhill from here. I think that there are people that are genuinely fighting. I think the propaganda is runs deep um deep enough to stop a lot of people from believing just general truth but absolutely yeah i think that brings me can be a good tool i don't believe that, that it's all that one point i want to touch on in a minute after we hit some messages but i'll write it down the smith munt modernization act speaking of government propaganda um yeah it's reached a new high but oh my god i'll write this down so i can come back to it 
Yeah, let's hammer through some of these messages. Let's see who yeah. we got. I'm going to bounce around a little bit so we can hear from everybody. We got Huey P. Freeman. Hey, Dave, let me up. I can uh, speak on my experience in that type of, well, let's just face it. It is an industry, it is a business. And yeah, let me up. I'll give my two cents on, you know, the type of, well, the amount of people. I grew up in a neighborhood. And as children that couldn't afford food, guess what we did? Hey, welcome to the neighborhood. Here's the house to go to to get your drugs and, and get high. Yeah. Yeah, if you guys want, I'll give my two cents. Yeah. I uh, had a similar experience. Rico. And my salute to Canada. I, I do love Canada. You guys are giving us some of the greats. You know, Jim Carrey, Keanu Reeves, uh, Dan Aykroyd, uh, Evangeline Lilly. I think Tommy Chong is from there. Elon Musk. You know, um, I think The Rock is from there originally. Um, although you could take back Drake and Justin Bieber. We don't want those motherfuckers. That's, that's all you. <laughs> We're, sent, we're shipping them back to you. No, you can't guys forget. Can't, we don't want them either. Yeah. <laughs> can't forget Neil Young. It's one of my all-time favorites. Neil Young. Canada's own. Yeah, you know what? I look at us as... Yeah, I'll be honest. When I was younger, I was all fiery. And, um, and Bush came into effect. I was like, fuck America. Um, but we are... I don't want to say one and the same, but yeah, we are, we're, we're like brothers, sisters, right? That's the way I look at us now. And I think we can complement each other. I think it would be great for Americans to learn more about Canada, right? And that's maybe my bias, but I think it'd be great because it wouldn't mystify you so much to see how similar we are and how we do things just a little bit differently, right? You know, again, with healthcare, it's affordable. We are a big economy, right? We're a big economy. We, we're very similar. Um, it's almost, it's funny because I've traveled all over America. It's almost like, you know, Washington over on the East Coast, the, the province, we'll just call it, we call them provinces, but they're states. The states above are very similar to the ones just below. Like British Columbia, British Columbians are very similar to Washingtonians. They're almost like, you know, Seattle and Vancouver are so close together. They're very much the same people almost. Um, I'm Alberta. Like I said, a lot of people up here are very much like Mon. There's tons of crossover from Montanans. They come up with their cattle all the time. We go down south. And then lots of Texans live up here as well, the oil companies and whatnot too. Um, then you got the Plains, which are next door. They're very sim- similar. Like when you move out that way, the Wisconsins kind of sound a little bit more like the Canadian. You know, they, the, the lingo is very similar because they go across um, very, very similar. And then, obviously, the French Canadians are totally different from even your guys' French down in New Orleans. But um, then even the East Coasters, right above Vermont and the Newfoundlanders, a lot of Americans come up there. And uh, there's a lot of similarities, is all I'm trying to say. So I think of a lot of Americans yeah. be surprised to realize how close we are um, as two people. Well, and I think it's a manufactured uh, separation, right? Because... That's been one of my so, so reeling back a little bit during George Bush. I was saying, fuck America. 
Um, and a lot of times I still do because of our policies. They just make me crazy sometimes. Um, but one thing that drives me crazy is our refusal in the U.S. to look around the rest of the world and see how the rest of the world does things successfully, i.e. healthcare. How is all of Scandinavia and Europe doing healthcare? How does Canada do healthcare? We don't have that conversation because to have that conversation would be to shine a light into the darkness and then we'd have to adopt a better system. Well, and you're told that it's going to take something away from you if you get healthcare, when in fact, we just right. know that it's actually going to give back to you. But the propaganda yeah. that it's like, your taxes are going to go up and this, your taxes go up, but once you cut out the middleman, I think Yale, Bernie, um, there's a couple different ones that he referred to. These, they, they showed that it would save Americans on average something like $5,000 a year. So yes, taxes go up, yeah. but total payments go down 5000 right? So you actually right. save money in the long run. Um, yep. And again, there's so many reasons for that because as a country, you have more buying power. You, you can cut the costs on these things. Now, are, is our healthcare system perfect? Are there problems? Yeah, absolutely. But And then, no, it's not perfect. But like I said, I walked in, no bill. Every time I've walked in, no bill. It's just the way it is. And then, you know, there's, I remember we talked last time, there's a lot of propaganda of, oh, I heard in Canada, there's these long wait times. That was a skewed information, and that's for like elective surgery, right? If you need to yep. go in, you can get in right away. If you've got emergency, no bill. Right. And like you said, you can go see your doctor. If you can't see your doctor right away, you can see an alternative doctor. If you can't see an alternative doctor in your hospital, you can go to the neighboring hospital. If they still can't fit you in, you can go to the emergency room. All exactly. Covered. We've got four. Yeah, we've got four major hospitals in a city of 1.2 million people. I can go to any one of those. There's a cancer. Uh, there's a cancer ward in two of them. So lots of beds. Um, there's general practitioners everywhere. Now you can go, you can go get a doctor, but you can even walk into what we call the walk-in clinics anytime, 24-7 for a lot of them, right? So if you're feeling fluish, you just don't feel good, something's wrong, you don't want to go directly to the hospital, go to the walk-in clinic, right? Uh, yeah, there's, just, right. there's a lot of access. Yeah, and, and that's the number one myth that we're, well, the two myths, you nailed them, is that our taxes will go up and that, you know, and then the big one that they say is, well, you won't be able to choose your own doctor anymore. And that's total bullshit. Um, you know, yeah, and, and, and rich people wouldn't even have to change their doctor, right? You want to pay to go to a high end, high end doctor? Fine. But for people like me, I'll take the state health care any day. And I don't really care who my doctor is because I know they're all qualified because they all went to medical school. Um, yep. You know, and yeah, exactly. We still have private doctors. There's only a few of them that I'm aware of. But yeah, if you if you have enough wealth and you want a 24 hour on call doctor, you can pay for that separately. That is an option to you as well. But basic and a lot of services are just taken care of right away. So, yeah. Better system, all in all, I think. And but but you know, ultimately, we could be looking at the top ten healthcare systems throughout the world and how do they operate and what are the best things about each one. Um, but we don't. Yep. We don't do that, and that's that frustrates the like hell out of me. My, yeah, I still want to improve my healthcare system. I think there's still more to be done. I think we can still do more. Right, we're a wealthy nation too, but you know, it's in the right direction, and I think America could head that way. So, absolutely. Got another message from God's mind. 
I believe schizophrenia is a creation from the um, MK Ultra. You can hear the laughing in the background. That's the result of MK Ultra voice to skull technology causes schizophrenia. What happens when somebody becomes schizophrenic? They hear things, they go to the doctor, they say, doctor, I hear voices or noises. The doctor gives them a prescription. Who benefits off that? Pharmaceutical companies, right? So if you could beam a, a, a frequency into a, whatever, a city, and uh, like well, half the population hears it and has to go get a prescription, wouldn't that generate a lot of money? Because 60% of the people making 911 calls in my city have to do with mental illness. It seems like uh, everyone that made that phone call has a prescription. So isn't that a lot of money? Yeah, I mean, it, once again, take take the profit incentive out. Uh, you know, I don't think I don't think MK Ultra creates schizophrenia. Are they? Do they play on it for sure? You know, and and maybe is a side result of being a, a, a victim of the MK Ultra program to be schizophrenic, possibly. But I think it's a, a completely uh, organic morphosis in and of its own as well. Um, as a matter of fact, a friend. My mom's best friend's son, when I was in junior high or high school, he went to a party, took a pill, ended up being PCP, and he had a psychotic break, and he never came back. He was like that textbook kid of, don't do drugs, you might get high and never come down, right? Um, so it happened to this poor kid. Um, you know, he would, he would, yeah. you know, he'd be okay. He'd be okay for periods of time, and then he'd just lose his shit and start breaking furniture or whatever. Um, and it all was like a light switch after this one night when he took PCP. Yeah, no, I mean, I people that handled drugs way worse than I did. Um, some people did, you know, didn't have the addictive, uh, didn't get addicted like I did to certain things. Um, me personally, God's mind. I mean, I don't really. That's a little too conspiracy conspiracy theorists. Me personally, um, I'm going to always try and look for what I believe to be the rational reason. I don't think you know maybe MK Ultra is contributing to some schizophrenia, but a lot of it could be. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not going to really touch on that one. If that's what you think, then uh, that's fair. Um, yeah, totally entitled to that, your own beliefs. Yeah, you, yeah. I think that. Uh, a lot of schizophrenia can be handled with proper medication. I don't look at medication um, as a negative. I do think that we focus heavily on medication, and I don't think that's the appropriate way to go about all of our problems. And I think that the medical system is geared towards um, being uh, incentivized to medicate, right? And I think you want to take that out of the doctors as well, too. You know, they shouldn't be writing their own checks by suggesting specific drugs. We should be looking just for what's the most, uh, what's the, what's the best, right. what's the best, what's the best system, right? And we should also be looking at, rather than Band-Aid therapy, we should be looking at what is the cause, you know, root cause of that, right? Why are you depressed? What, Do you need what an is antidepressant? What, yes. what is the underlying issue, right? When I went and I had depression, um, I, I don't, I don't even know, like, I'm always kind of in the mind, like, I could, you know, just figure it out, right? But a 
doctor said, like, look, you are showing signs of depression. I'm going to, and this is what I, this is what made me respect him as a doctor. He said, I'm going to prescribe a low dose of this, and I'm only going to give you a certain amount for a certain time frame. I want to get you in to see a psychologist. Now, the wait list is about eight months long. So I want to run this for you for about two months. It's going to kind of balance out uh, what I believe to be the chemical imbalance that you have. So you ran blood tests or whatever, and you said this was low and that was low or whatever. And he said, I'm only going to give you a certain amount. I want to get you balanced. So that way, at least you're feeling a little bit good about yourself, but kind of can get back into the swing of things. And then I'd like you to, here's a couple counselors until you get into there. Like there was a plan, right? And he did not want me to stay on the drugs. And that was something that I was a proud of um, my doctor. And that made me trust him saying, like, I don't want to just stick you on antidepressants for the your entire life, which some may do. I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, I want to look for what's the solution? How are we going to, what, what's the game plan? How are we going to get off this? How are we going to, how are we going to get you feeling better about yourself? And if it means a little right. bit of pharmaceuticals to balance you out and get you back feeling normal so you can function, you can do, I have no problem with that. Right. Do I want to see people chugging Tylenol and you know, no, but I don't have a problem with certain medications. So. Yeah, I agree. A bridge gap method is one thing, but, you know, a lifetime, no. And we shouldn't be prescribing Ritalin to children for hyperactivity. Kids are kids. Kids are going to be hyper. Like, that. that is insanity to me. Um, All right. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. If you would like to converse about the podcast, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at And Another Thing with Dave. If you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm throwing down, please do spread it around and share on social media. All right. Until next time, keep seeking the truth, people.